This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. This is, in fact, a Thursday program, which means that every Thanksgiving, we can expect a drop-off in our local broadcasting audience, because after all, we don't really expect that Radio Parallax is going to be on in the background as people are digging into Turkey. Although if you do choose to do that, good on you. But it's rather more likely that people will maybe catch up to us later on the internet, where the listenership appears to exceed our local reach anyway. But we do know that in broadcasting at 5 o'clock on Thanksgiving Day, there's going to be people out there doing their jobs. They're keeping gas stations open, they're staffing firehouses, they're manning the desks and hospitals, etc. So we try to dedicate every Thanksgiving show to those people. You who are keeping the gears of society turning. That's pretty unavoidable, we think, in doing a public affairs show that... We have to deal with unpleasantness on a regular basis. But, you know, we're going to make a concerted effort today on this holiday show to just keep things light and fun. One way we've done that in the past is to air a a wonderful This American Life um, segment on failure with narrator Jack Hitt. It's a worthy piece, but you can find it at our archives located at radioparallax.com. Today we're going to elect to break new ground and talk about... uh, Well, some various comedic bits which we have loved over the years. A few we've played before, most we haven't. One I'm especially looking forward to is a a famous Stan Freeberg bit. We talked about attending an event for Mr. Freeberg in Los Angeles a few weeks back. And it is sad but true that a lot of you out there probably have never heard the work of the immortal Stan Freeberg. So today we're going to do his parody of the famous Harry Belafonte Banana Boat song. We trust you're familiar with the original. All right. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you this 27th of November. Let's look back at um, some of the things that took place on this same date. Because that's how we pretty much start every show. It was on November 27th and 43 B.C., following the death of Julius Caesar, that Octavian, Antony, and Lepidus formed the Second Triumvirate. Now allied, they moved to attack and defeat Brutus and Pompeius. After accomplishing that and acing out Lepidus, Octavian and Antony then went at it for the uh, leadership of the Roman Empire. Octavian won and is known to history as Caesar Augustus. By the way, make a note, Mr. Malone, I think on a future program we're doing some comedy, we'll have to do the Golden Age of Rome speech by the mythical Senator Lister Ames Rosewater, which comes from Kurt Vonnegut's God Bless You, Mr. Rosewater. Although that speech was a fine piece of comedy back in the 60s, I wouldn't be surprised to hear a lot of Republicans out there offered up as some straight-up political wisdom in the year 2014. All right, we're trying to keep things light, but unfortunately it was on November 27th in 1095 in Claremont, France, that Pope Urban II, responding to false rumors of atrocities in the Holy Land, made an appeal for the faithful to wrest Jerusalem from the Muslims. This gave rise to the Crusades, which was, in the long and the short of it, one of the epic episodes of human folly we could cite in the past millennium. November 27, 1826, the English pharmacist John Walker invented the first 
practical strike-anywhere friction match. He refused to patent his creation and made it a gift to mankind. And for that, we salute him. We've fallen a long way from this act of generosity to the likes of Black Friday mania, which is stalking us in the land currently. And yes, we trust you're not listening to us while in a sleeping bag outside of a a Walmart somewhere. But if you are, I, I guess that's okay too. On November 27th in 1895, Swedish engineer Alfred Nobel, inventor of dynamite, drew up his will in Paris. In it, he provided for most of his fortune to be put in trust to establish the Nobel Prizes. On November 27th in 1924, the Macy's department store in New York City held its first Thanksgiving Day parade down a two-mile stretch of Broadway. The event was created to boost holiday sales. But with an audience of more than a quarter million people, it was subsequently declared an annual event. And if you got up early this morning to watch them parade floats of underdog down Broadway in New York City, well, we we hope that moment of temporary insanity has now passed. And finally, it was on November 27th, 1957, that the Indian Prime Minister, Jawaharlal Nehru, made an impassioned speech in New Delhi for the United States and the Soviet Union to end nuclear tests and begin disarmament, which he said would save humanity from the ultimate disaster. Well, we can't uh, say whether Nehru had much to do with it, but the U.S., Soviet Union, and other nations did, in fact, sign the Nuclear Test Ban Treaty, circa 1964, and have managed to refrain from such tests, at least above ground, ever since. And as for disarmament, well, to a substantial degree, that has taken place as well, although we were dismayed to note that uh, the Obama administration is talking about upgrading our nuclear forces at present and plans to spend billions, if not really trillions of dollars on this. The world would indeed be a safer place if we could stress the disarmament part of all of this. Our quote of the day comes from Alexander Wolcott. Although the wit Wolcott was childless, he was often godparent to the children of friends. At the baptism of Mary MacArthur, daughter of Charles MacArthur and Helen Hayes, he was overheard saying, Always a godfather, never a god. And our quip of the day comes from wit Mark Twain, who once said, There's nothing to be learned from the second kick of a mule. Our joke of the day comes from the writers of Conan O'Brien, who noted, In Beaumont, California, over two people have lined up over two weeks early at Best Buy for Black Friday. The two people said they're hoping to get a great deal on a life. Our good news of the week is that the Galapagos tortoise is making a comeback, at least the ones on the island of Española. In the 1960s, they were down to just 15 animals. But thanks to a reintroduction of captive-bred tortoises 40 years ago, they now number more than 1,000. And in a good news part two, we have this. Six geologists sentenced in 2012 to six years in prison for allegedly downplaying the risk of an earthquake that struck the Italian town of L'Aquila have been acquitted. The 2009 quake killed 309 people. Stefano Gresta, head of Italy's National Institute of Geophysics and Volcanology, said the ruling restores credibility to Italy's scientific community. Now, what it says about the credibility of their legal system, we're not so sure. And yes, we too question the fact that they were sentenced in 2012, but acquitted now. Wasn't that the sequence in Alice in Wonderland? 
sentence first, verdict afterward. Our stat of the day is 41,425 meters. That's the record-breaking space jump accomplished last week by Google executive Alan Eustace, who donned a spacesuit with a helium balloon fixed to his backpack and rose to that height where he then cut the balloon's tethers. Eustace broke the sound barrier as he fell and survived to beat Felix Baumgartner's 2012 record by 2,450 meters. Mr. Miller wants to know whether Eustace was listening to Eight Miles High from the birds as he fell. We don't know. All right, let's jump into the good, the bad, and the ugly. According to the Week magazine, it was a good week last week for the right to bear arms, at least the Russian version, with the news that Russian President Vladimir Putin announced that gun laws would be eased to allow Russians to carry rifles wherever they'd like. Said Putin, you can get a lot more done with politeness and a weapon than with politeness alone. Now, wait a minute. Didn't Al Capone say something like that a long time ago? Some of you out there know the answer to that. Drop us a line at info at radioparallax.com and we'll read it next week. The question is, who said the original version of that? Was, on the other hand, a bad week for risk assessment with the news that a new Gallup poll found that 17% of Americans named Ebola as America's most urgent health problem. It should be noted that much smaller percentages named obesity, cancer, diabetes, heart disease, or substance abuse as the most urgent, even though they collectively kill millions of people per year. Oh, and as far as the actual odds of dying from Ebola, well, currently they run at about 1 in roughly 3.9 million. Meaning, dear listener, you have a far greater chance of dying from having your pajamas catch on fire, which is less than 1 in a million. Being legally executed, which is less than 1 in 100,000. Or being killed in an accidental firearm discharge, which is in fact 1 out of 6,492. Moving right along, it was an ugly week last week for early termination after a British widow was unable to cancel her late husband's mobile phone contract despite bringing his ashes into the local T-Mobile store. Said Maria Reibald, how dare they put me and my sons through this after all we've been through? It was easier for us to bury him than sort this out. And finally, it was a good and bad week last week for fighting corruption with the news that the Brazilian business world was left reeling after dozens of leaders of major construction companies got arrested as part of an investigation into the corruption at Petrobras, the state oil company. A former top official, 
at Petrobras, Paolo Roberto Costa, is cooperating with police and says he ran a scheme to have the companies artificially inflate contracts with the company so the extra money could be funneled into political parties, including the party for President Dilma Rousseff. She was chairman of the board from Petrobras from 2003 to 2010, when much of the money laundering and bribery allegedly occurred. Oh, Rousseff said she fully supports the investigation and knows nothing about this scheme. Well, all in all, we're going to call that good, but we have to wonder why it is that here in America, nobody that pulled all of these scams which crashed our economy back in the early 2000s has ever gone to jail. Of course, nobody's gone to jail yet in Brazil, so we'll have to see how this plays out. All right, we're going to go out a bit early so we can talk up some comedy, which we will do in segments two and three. I'm Douglas Everett. This is Radio Parallax. Stick around for some fun.